0: This is the Strategic Hotbox Reel with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Remixing your favorite episodes and moments and giving you the tools to achieve greatness. It's time to kick some
1: Hey, it's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic. You're with me on the Strategic Hotbox, and I've got my boy, Torian Scott. I'm so excited that you're here. Hello. Hello. It's so
2: good to be here as well.
1: All right. Finally, in Vegas, live and in person. Right
2: here. And I'm loving it being with you.
1: Well, we're going to talk today about leading ain't easy. Managing your boss. How to become a young CEO so, to get over it. So let's dig right in. So are you young and you want to become a CEO? Now is your chance to do that. And we have our subject matter expert here, Mr. Paul Norgrove, all the way from across many thousands and thousands of miles to be here with us today. Hi Paul, I'm excited that you're here. So we'll frame the topic and get started. As you know, the strategic hot box is broken up into three segments. We have the learn, the love, and the kick ass. So in the learn section, I'm going to talk a little bit about what does it mean and why do we want to drive growth and being a young leader, being a young executive. So even if we aren't in a CEO spot, then we want to be somebody that's in a leadership role or management level. And then in the love section, we'll get to know from the ultimate young uh, executive and his perspective on what that journey looked like. And then in the kick ass, we'll give you some tools and things that you can start implementing today. As you know, the strategic hotbox really is an opportunity to give tools to people that may not have access to them in other ways. And I really want to to urge all of you out there that are working your butts off to keep going for it, to keep Pushing because that's going to make a difference for the rest of your life. And so, so, get over it. It's been my mantra for a really long time. As a matter of fact, as a young teenager, I think I was in high school, uh, the Eagles came out with "Hell Freezes Over." You might remember the song. Get over it. Does anybody remember? Exactly. You might be jamming to this right now, but it was so something that my my parents would play and just always urge me to get over it. And I think that it's probably good for a teenage female, right? And if any of you have teenage females in your life, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But really, it's this idea of being able to just let things go. And so it's been a part of my life for a really long time. But some of the the lyrics there from the Eagles that I think are so powerful is, is the opening line. It says, I turn on the tube and what do I see? A whole lot of people crying, don't blame me. And I think that's so true in business too, right? With accountability. And it says that they spend all their time feeling sorry for themselves, a victim of this, a victim of that. Your mama's too thin and your daddy's too fat. And just get over it already. And that's the case of what we're going to try to do today. And in general, leadership would be a lot easier if there weren't people involved right? It would be a lot easier if there weren't people that you f- were following. And I think that leadership in general is daunting. And how we go about that is, is really what the challenge is. Just like in life, leadership, we have to have some sort of purpose Like, why are we doing it? Sometimes we fall into that purpose. We naturally become somebody that we're, people look to as a guide. Maybe we're in it as a parent or a mentor. Or maybe we're pushed into it because there's no one else that's willing to do the tough work or uh, willing to step up to the challenge. And and sometimes we want it, sometimes we want to be that person and we're working towards something like that. And Simon Sinek, uh, Start With Why, a lot of us are familiar with that book. People, he he prefers that people start with that why and finding that reason that we're going to that 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 purpose that we have in why we're there to begin with, and it help us in our organizational messaging. It can help us in in our own leadership paths, and I think that that's really important as as we go forth in our own lives and discovering the the inside discovering the reason we get up during the day what really gets us going where where that energy is not forced where that energy just comes organically where it just builds momentum within us you may have heard of a gentleman called victor frankel he wrote a book man's search for meaning incredible book it's it's a, a must read for any leader you know in their in their progression and he he was a uh, victim of uh the Auschwitz concentration camp. He was an inmate there and he survived, obviously wrote this book. And he talked about that power of choice, that human beings, if they project in the future what they want to accomplish, they they have the ability to choose in the moment how to respond to certain actions and it will lead them to different results. And that's a powerful choice. And sometimes it's hard not to get kind of hung up on the emotional drama of things. And so really to focus on what we want out of it. So when it comes to managing your boss, what does this even mean? Why would you manage up? Right, And if you think about some of you that even the CEOs on the on the, the podcast today, those that are listening, those that are watching and absorbing, you have probably more bosses than than the, the average employee. Most employees have one boss. Um, those of you that are entrepreneurs probably have multiple bosses and the people that you serve. And so we have we've talked about this topic in a few different kind of ways. And and what does it mean to manage your boss and why would that be so important? And And I I really believe in this concept uh, for a lot of reasons. And one, because your number one gatekeeper as a leader is that the person that writes your paycheck, the the person that, that could make your life miserable is your boss. Right. And I think that so there's the negative that the the stick side of things and the carrot side of it is the person that can help build your future is also your boss. The person that can become the resource or the the fuel to your fire could be your boss or your bosses. And and I think that so often this person is overlooked and the higher up that you that you grow in your organization or in your life, the more high performing of a leader you become, the more entrepreneurial you become, the more lonely you are. Because it's, it becomes more singular, it's a little lonely at the top. Yeah. And so, speaking of that, what is the hardest part for you of being a boss?
3: Uh, switching off. Is it? So yeah, switching. Off, I think yeah, be, being a, a family man, and you know, I, th- I think I've mentioned it to my good lady at home that sort of I've been cheating on her with the credit union for like the last five <laughs> years because you know that, I think your family pay the price when you're working away, working really hard. But I think switching off is something you have to even if you just diary in like an hour for yourself just to think clearly and empty the thoughts that helps with like the double-edged sort of you know your family life's instantly better for the leadership and the stress you take on through leadership but also you find out that your output of work is, is much higher because you've had time to unload stuff and think about where you're going it's not necessarily something you want to do all the time is look back so you need I I, I have an hour a week where I just Plan the following week and look forward. That's it's smart. a forward planning exercise. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not a case of, what do we do or how are we doing it. It's where are we going, and it just keeps everything fresh. So yeah, just taking some time to just step back. And
1: when do you do that in the week? Do you do that towards the end of the week or at the beginning of the week? Friday. So on Friday. Friday. So you do it for the week coming ahead.
3: Yeah, always.
1: Interesting. And so what goes into that process of planning ahead? I'm just intrigued.
3: Um, it's pretty old school. It's just uh, It's nothing fancy. It's just a a, a notepad. You mm-hmm. know, it's just it's just. Thoughts documented what we're doing but bullet points you know it's it's just things where um you know they don't even have to be detailed they can just be one word which is, is a trigger for me the next week that i don't come in and get lost in something because i think you know
1: like an it, action item or something. yeah
3: mm-hmm. i think as high higher up the higher up the responsibility goes i think it's sometimes it's all too easy to get dragged into the very front line or day-to-day operations and you need to be able to have your to-do list. You don't even have to do it, but you just make sure that you're, you're thinking of it <laughs> Why like, would
1: you put something on your to-do list that you weren't going to do? Uh, because of, <laughs> right.
3: no, but it can change, can't it? So, you know, come Friday. Sure,
1: right. Flexibility. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: The following week, it could be irrelevant, but it's just a trigger to get you to think about it again.
1: Yes, right. You
3: know, um, it's very old school. That's smart. So then you're
1: coming in on Monday, already ready, kind of roaring to go. Yeah. That's great as a leader. Don't forget that you want to lift up your staff and bring them with you. Even if it, you know, that, that, that not all staff want to be the boss someday, but they, they do deserve to see a path of their future and what their vision and your vision is, and to share in that, the success and know what it is because they're spending their life with you, no matter what your job is, whether it's in retail or it's in, it's in, in, business or whether it's in, uh, in entertainment, any of these kinds of things that you're doing all of that you're spending your life doing it and you only get one chance and so having it feel passion for that and the people that work for you feel passion for that is so important i love that you frame it in the sense of success also i feel like because so much we think about get over it and even that i was just saying uh get over about the negatives and that kind of thing but you're so right i mean how often do we get blinded by things that are good for a second you're like oh you know brush your shoulder off kind of thing and then don't move forward; it becomes inactive inertia or something to that effect.
4: Yeah, well, it's, it's it happens like a lot, and I think that's what you know separates um, career progression versus you know the people that you call upon for a problem. You know, the the people that could see, uh, you know, be, be forward thinking, see what, see what our next step is. It's mm-hmm. it's so it's so necessary, uh, you know. It's uh, something that I see, you know, in need in leadership and for the, the different departments here.
1: Uh, so, from uh, speaking of your business and engineering, from an engineering perspective, how has that impacted you in your career?
4: Well, it's it's constant, you know, from uh, <laughs> from when I was really green uh-huh. till I'm, you know, where I am here. You know, quality assurance, it it's always you know you have to you have to you know i I do a lot of the corrective and preventative actions um so i am always chasing root cause and then course correcting so one of the biggest thing is is accountability people owning it you know own the problem so that we can fix it and move forward so currently i work on get over it at a weekly meeting and You know, we try to have solutions to things to move forward uh, every day. Otherwise, you know, you become stagnant. You don't.
1: What does your team think about that? Are they as uh, uh, energetic about about the the theme song from the Eagles as you are?
4: Well, I don't think so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean to manage a boss?
0: To me, it means a lot of what you mentioned going into it, but it really means being hyper aware of what they want, uh, how they communicate, how they want communicated with, as you mentioned. But I also think it's a bigger conversation around when you get into leadership roles like I am. I do have bosses. I have a board of directors that I report to and a board chair that is my point of contact on that board of directors, but it isn't the, that isn't all of it because I'm a CEO of a member owned financial cooperative. So I have 6,000 plus members that are also my bosses. So it's being really aware of the different audiences that you have. If you have more than one boss, if you have more than one group or business, you know, sector within your organization that you're aware that maybe one style isn't going to fit every situation and that you work towards and understand that and communicate in the best way possible with those people in those leadership roles and, and in the audiences that they represent.
1: I so I absolutely agree with that. So it's situational in a lot of ways, right? So you're having to be what's best for the, the certain individual, but it doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean inauthentic. And I think so often people think that way, like I'm gonna have to fake it and be something I'm not. That no, it just means be the best version of you for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I I'm a very authentic and real person and I don't think I really have the capability to be inauthentic. If I am, I think people know it. And so it's just tailoring my approach. It's still me, it's still my approach. It's just tailoring it in a way that makes sense to that group of people. Mm-hmm. Our annual meeting is coming up next week. What I want to put forth in that meeting is different than maybe what I would say in a board meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's just to communicate effectively with the membership. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, totally. And, 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 and being to get your ultimate results across, right. I mean, and having that, that end result, because I think that that's what we lose sight of somewhat At, at the annual meeting, you have a different end result and at the board meeting, you have a different end result. And so you have to communicate in a way that gets you to, to the end game.
0: That's absolutely true. And, you know, to put myself in the best light as well, I think that that's an important piece of this. So these people are my bosses, if they, if all of the membership doesn't like me, doesn't like the way I communicate, I don't get to the right end result for them at that annual meeting, that has an effect on my career, because they're going to, you know, talk with my board of directors, and, you know, that's going to impact that. So you have to know how to communicate, but be authentic in every situation.
1: What do you do at your a meeting? Do you have to be funny or? <laughs> I try to be funny. <laughs> how does that work?
0: <laughs> well, it depends.
1: <laughs> so we've talked about purpose and refining purpose on the hot box, but Can you tell if a leader has lost sight of of their purpose? Oh,
2: absolutely. I I can tell from a mile away. And the reason how you can tell it is number one, they lose their passion. You know, you, have you ever seen a person that used to be excited about the game of basketball and then all of a sudden, you know, they're not as pizzazzed about it. They don't talk about it as much. They're kind of just a little bit honry about it. Um, they've lost their passion and also a person who's lost their interest in something, you know, and you say passion and interest. Passion really is the energy behind it, but they're their their interest in it, what it is, it's the actual development of their focus, the development of their intention. I mean, when you're interested in something, you pursue it, you go after it, you learn all that you can about it. And so, when a leader is not inspired, when a person is not passionate, that person has really lost sight of their purpose or their need for their relationship or their organization.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And yeah, because when somebody is into something or they love something, they give themselves to it.
2: That's right, they do. I mean, think about relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not just talking about business, but think about business is relationship. Every Mm -hmm. relationship that you're in, every person in that relationship or the two people or the three people, I don't know, but all the people in the relationship or the organization must have an understanding. I'm needed here. Mm -hmm. I'm wanted here. I, I, I'm a value here. And that's what keeps it going.
4: Starting my career in manufacturing, especially the high pace, automation is that you you can't dwell on anything, you know, every time the you know you're talking every second that the machine doesn't open and close it's, it's money that's not being made for the company. Sure. So you know it's, it's now. Yeah. It's uh, what are we doing now to make things right and what are you going to do to make up the time that was lost on that machine.
1: And so you can't spend more of that time whimpering or any of that kind sort of stuff. Oh, I right. love that. And what a perfect place to kind of leave us in, the fact that it's now. So do you have a a, a bold action item or a takeaway, something that people can kind of walk away and implement?
3: Uh, several, but I think the one that stands out for me, and it was um, it was like my first Y Cup experience, stood in a hotel lobby in Australia. Um, you know, Chris Morris mm-hmm. and, and Caroline Domanski from number one, they, she introduced me to Chris. And at the time I didn't have that sense of belonging and it was like really big thing in a deal that I was there and was talking to Chris and he just said the statement, um, seek forgiveness, not approval. And that's just live with me and it's a really profound thing. And um, you know, the same sentiment goes, if you get fired because of that, that's (laughs) not, that's not my fault. I'm just saying it's much, much easier to show people an end product and talk them through it sometimes than it is to sort of plant the seed and develop it. So as a absolute win-win well i haven't lost yet doing it but definitely seek seek forgiveness not approval
1: so instead of asking for permission yeah yeah yeah, just just do it just go with it i love that and so do you think that there are some bosses that are unmanageable
0: i don't know i i think there can be um i i have a story i worked for a woman that um was transitioning in her career. She had decided that she no longer wanted to run the organization and she was looking to move on um, and she was getting her PhD and she was on her way out.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And But she'd been with the organization for 25 years. And so getting her to understand, to let go of those things that she could no longer do because she wasn't in the office as often as she used to be and moving into... Um, empowering her people, she just was so done with everything related to the orga- to our organization that she wasn't manageable in that sense. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's a really rare thing. I think most people in senior leadership positions got there through their intellect and through working with people, and mm-hmm. they want to stay mm-hmm. there and they choose to do the best job that they can. I mean, most people as a CEO, I'm not gonna phone it in anymore, right? I still want my organization to do well and exceed and and that has benefit to me as well.
1: Yeah. Um share a bold action item or takeaway.
2: Wow. Number one, take 100 percent responsibility. Um uh, so many people are transferring transferring blame to someone. You know, the employee is transferring blame on the boss for not for not having a raise. Um the mother is transferring transfer can I speak today? The mother is transferring blame on her kids for not having a social life. You know, the father is, or the husband is transferring blame on the wife for him not fulfilling his dreams, but you have to take 100% responsibility. You know, the reality is Dr. B is that I can't do your push-ups for you. I would love to I would love to outsource the push-ups right we could mm-hmm. just push the button do the hundred push-ups we'll have the nice boulder shoulders and chest however that's not the case you have to take 100% responsibility in your forward movement mm-hmm. number two you got to recognize intake this 100% responsibility is that you are exactly where you want to be regardless if you're willing to admit that or not and that's a hard pill for people to swallow like wait a minute I'm driving the car that I want to drive yes you are I married the person that i wanted to marry. Yes, you did. You made your, your choices, your people that you have in your life are the product of your intelligent choice. Mm-hmm. So make more intelligent choices, you know, but take 100% responsibility for your life. Do not outsource your push-ups to anybody. Find your purpose. Get clear on what that is. Serve it to the world and do not let up until you get to your place called there.
1: Is there what what kind of philosophies do you live by now as you go forward in your in your journey?
3: The same ones always apply, which is hard work has to come first. Um, a big one for me is that I can't expect everyone to enjoy the job as much as I enjoy the job, and I'm very mindful of that. That there's like a standard I would have for passion and working isn't going to necessarily filter down through everyone, but um, it's just hard work and passion and. Um, if you're out there and you have it, you don't enjoy your job, roll the dice and find a job you enjoy because the benefits come hugely for everyone. I think it, 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 your family, yourself, you know what I mean? Finding something you enjoy is an absolute must.
1: Yeah, and that that's a, that applies to young people and leaders of all ages, right? Anyone, I mean yeah. So in order to become then a young CEO, you have to be able to, to work hard, to roll yeah. up your sleeves, to give it all you got, but love it. Along yeah. the way too, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that, 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 come, that comes through with people that, you know, if there's like an opening coming up in, in a job and you get people and they work really hard in like the month or two before that opening, everyone can see that if you're already working at that level all the time, people see that and you're instantly in the thought process before you even realize it. So there is no substitute for working at a high level, you mm-hmm. know, make make your mistakes and deal with them. But working at a high level ultimately opens doors quicker for you because you're already in the thought process. And when you don't get something or it doesn't work out for you, it doesn't matter. There'll, mm-hmm. there'll be something else if you carry on working as hard. So.
1: You're already in the thought process. I love that. So that the idea that you're working hard, you're running, you're already doing some of the stuff. Yeah. So when the idea or the open, the door opens, the opportunity arises, yeah. people are already going, oh, this is the guy that's out there. Yeah. that's working hard. Definitely. I love that. So do you uh, have a bold action item then that we can, the listeners can take away? Yeah, absolutely. So I think
0: positive communication, it's something that my, my team's working with. And if we could all get on it and be there, um going forward i really think that it have broad impact across our organization i think we try to be really flexible we try to be really open and then when we get those requests we always honor them because we're flexible and we're open and we want to you know work with our staff as much as possible but Mm -hmm. is what ends up happening then is when we get those requests we go well i don't know Mm -hmm. so and so's out and that's going to create a challenge and i guess go ahead And right now we're really working on, well, if we're going to give them the time and with we're saying that we're flexible and we're open, we should be flexible and open and respond with, yeah, sure. Like you need to take that time, go. Um, Why do we, we're going to give it to them anyway. Why Mm -hmm. do we have to be negative in that? And there's so much more to that, but that's just an example of what we're working with and making sure that our communication with membership, with each other um, is completely positive. And, and even in the constructive criticism mode, it's still a positive interaction.
1: Let's head out to our shout out. Hi, I'm
2: Melanie and I'm from Ireland. We're in the beautiful Hopford Palace in Vienna and you are listening to Brandy on the Strategic Hotbox.
1: <laughs> I'm Paulina with Bit Credit Union and you're listening to Brandy Stankovic on the Strategic Hotbox. Brandy rocks. Hi, this is You're listening to Brandy on the Strategic Hotbox podcast.
0: Hi, this is Robert from Ireland, and you're listening to Brandy
3: on the Strategic Hotbox.
1: This is your top five kick-ass. Number one is identify areas that need the improvement. So he had some awesome terms for that as far as identifying the problems and, and creating solutions and policies and procedures to support that. But really just identify where you catch yourself whining. What do you typically whine about? Um, one of the things that I've kind of done a check of myself on lately is being addicted to being busy, right? I'm never, I, I just, I'm always busy, 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 busy. And so that is something that I need to make sure that I kind of, keep under wraps and, and, and re-examine and not be whining about, about being busy. So whether it's some, you know being multitasking or being tired or just something that you have in your life, identify that place that you, that you find yourself whining and figure out ways to work towards solution. Number two is to let go of operations. So if you do progress, now is the time to let the people below you delegate the people with you, your team, to, to be involved in the operations as much as possible. So that way you can focus on the leadership roles. You can do the planning Fridays that we learned from Paul. You can implement some of these tools so that way you can have that coaching and and that more leadership philosophy as opposed to being in the weeds and doing the work all the time. That's the reason that you've been promoted to the leadership place. Number three is to create affinity and that's all across. You know I believe in it. It's all about love and relationships and build that the relationships between your team, your bosses, your employees. Number four is to encourage Encourage others. Encourage yourself. Encourage others to be part of your journey. And the more energy and momentum that you have, allow people to, to be part of that momentum. Infect the organization. I love that. In fact, affect the organization as much as you can. And number five, be the light. Whether that's the lighthouse, whether that's the headlights, whether that's just a flashlight, or as much as we can, shine bright so the people around you can feel the love and join you in this crazy, crazy journey of life, this crazy journey of leadership. And head out to the strategichopbox.com. or of course you can catch us on social media. I'm at at Brandy Love in Twitter and on and Instagram. And the strategic hot box at strategic hot box instagram and of course facebook hit us up we'll hook you up with whoever it is that you want to connect with until i see you again get out there and kick some ass